Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we are your hosts. Hi. seeing you in person but it's nice to see you on a computer screen <laughs> i have actually somewhat enjoyed seeing everyone's homes via zoom yeah meeting kind of fun um are you silently critiquing them all because i am mm-hmm. there are some people on our team where i'm like i just feel very sad that it looks like you're in a corner a dimly yes. lit corner with no windows yes i really hope that maybe there's like the other side of the room it's a lot more exciting mm-hmm. but you I was know. really, I was nervous that Suzanne was looking at me at my, in my house. I was like, don't look, <laughs> Take, be big, be big. Don't That's see right. behind me. Inflate your body. Cover up yes. the camera. That's why I've been eating so much that she couldn't see past me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brilliant plan. So smart. <laughs> I'm so smart. All right. Well, who's got uh, a triumph? Tri- Taylor? I mean, Taylor. What's your name again, Taryn? I've only known you for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, you haven't seen me for two months, so I can see how my name is you look forgettable. like a Taylor to me. Yes. And it rhymes with your name. It's Taryn. Karen, oh, but no worries. True. It's just like your name, but with a T. <laughs> but better. So how do you forget um, that? Anyway. Uh, my brain is my- <laughs> okay, so every so that's our that's everyone's trial, right? At this point, mm-hmm. my brain doesn't work anymore. Um, but my triumph, guys, is I got my kid down at eight, what? and there are plenty of people listening who get real excited when it's thirty minutes earlier than usual. So, yes. round of applause! I did it. Thank you, thank you. I am so proud. Um, mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. And thank you. I was pretty proud. And um, he doesn't tri- know how to tell time, right? No, yes, dude. Of course. Her Claire's internal clock is oh, shocking. Sometimes, I mean, it, well, I'll say this: when she's waking up, it is right on time. When she's going to sleep. She, it's not. Got it. They <laughs> <laughs> know. They know. So that would be pretty much my triumph, which I know is not work, you know, or home related. So I apologize, but I do think there's enough people listening right now who do appreciate it when they. I mean, he's definitely sitting in bed screaming my name right now, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. You know what? Here's the oh, mistake gosh. you made. Never tell them your name. Then they can never scream it. Oh. So, mom, I should have never taught mom. No, yeah. no. Just don't ever put a label on yourself. <laughs> mom. That's not what I'm going by anymore. Until you learn the word Taryn, which Karen can't even do. Nope. You if can't he calls call you me. Taylor, you have to go, though. Just be like, all right. <laughs> it's close enough. No, Taylor would be a pretty impressive word, I think, for a two-year-old to know. True. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and right. then my trial, guys, is I definitely was on a nice conference call earlier today. and a um, very large roach ran across the wall behind my computer screen. (laughs) It's unfortunately behind my computer screen and like behind lamps and things. And and it was on the wall and I 
couldn't get a shoe up there and you know i don't spray because the dog with them would like lick it it's yeah anyway so yeah, I gotta, yeah so i get a shoe ready and i sit and i put my feet up and i literally like squat in my desk and i'm working literally with my feet <laughs> up and i like I'm scared. And now um, he actually owns the house. So now I don't touch the ground. But it's one of those so, big roaches like we have in the South, right? Yes. We fly to ourselves and call them water bugs or something. I, um, but it's not yes. a cockroach. Oh, I mean, no. you guys that what don't is this water the bug you speak of? They're, they're like three inches long. You know, those really giant roaches. I don't know. All roaches are roaches to me. They're no, gross. no, no. Like real cockroaches are small, you guys. When you don't live in Georgia or Alabama, no. cockroaches are, you know, like an inch long, half inch, and they're skinny. Those big giant things that we get are not real cockroaches. They're something else. Well, they're just they're making me feel better. Yeah, they're nasty. I feel- but- <laughs> Yeah, especially when you see it and you know you can't get to it and you're just like trying to act calm on a conference. You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was I must have jumped back and because again I put my feet up. I was like, oh. <gasps> Do you think that's better or worse than having your husband walk in shirtless? Hmm. Mm. Mm. I'm still gonna say better because no one could see and I wasn't really oh, presenting. No one noticed it. And yeah, oh. they just were seeing her her reactions. Yeah. And okay. so I tried to act cool. Oh. And I didn't. Especially because <laughs> he went free. So he's still roaming. How do you know it's a guy? Just because it's annoying. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Got it. Women would have come at night when nobody's around, crawled around a corner very secretly. This dude was like, it's yeah. midday. Lightning. Here I am. Yeah. Forget you, woman. <laughs> you can't get me. That makes sense. Just like, just like um, Joe and Karen's. Right. The same. It's the Similar. same. Yeah. Called. Joe is my roach. <laughs> all right. I hope you all had better than I had today. What you got, Caroline? Hmm. Okay. So this is both a trial and a triumph. I think I, like I mentioned those. before that I um, sort of – before pre-quarantine, I was in no way concerned with this space. It was like at the bottom of my list. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, now I am fixated on it and want to fix it. It's the balcony um, that kind of is off our den. And um, it's just like, you know, it's six not by 14 or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, not it's giant. not real big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's. It could be really cool. It doesn't, re- you know, you can't fit much on there, but um, we do have to replace the railing because it's not, um, Blair could definitely go like fit her head through there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good sign. But, but yeah. I just kind of was thinking like, you know what? It's spring at like now basically summer. And, um, wouldn't it be so nice if we could go out there after her bedtime and have a glass of wine, yeah, eat dinner out there, nine o'clock. read a book during nap time, I don't know, have a cup of coffee, whatever, before, you know, not when mm-hmm. she's awake. So we would keep right. the door shut. Not you have another her. room. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I've sort of gotten to be in my bonnet about this space. <laughs> That's my I love favorite saying of yours. Old lady. I like that. You are. I love it. It's true, though, y'all. Don't you sometimes get you fixate on something and you're like, I just cannot let it go. I don't know why. Yeah, but if I had a bee in my bonnet, I would have legitimately killed that bee. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I 
just randomly decided, well, I also, okay. So I had a plan. I was going to order some Ikea chairs. Um, I ordered some Ballard pillows. I was sort of judging some things that I already have. And I got some big planners because I want to plant some herbs out there because it's right next to our kitchen. Um, so I have sort of that framework, but then I also want to paint the floor. It's a concrete floor up th- that's sort of the balcony part. So I want to paint that. Um, but then I was also like, you know, I kind of just want to paint the, our, our long-term plan is to paint our house black. Mm-hmm. And the si- there's a section of the balcony that has the siding very visible. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of was like, you know what, I kind of just want to paint the siding black just for now, just to like make the balcony more my vision of what it's going to look like long-term. So I got out the black paint that we used for our black den and was like, ah, just slap this up on here. What's the worst that can happen if they paint over it? They paint over it. And and I can sort of use it as a test for what color black we want to eventually paint the house, even Uh though we may not even paint the house black this year. And no one can see this area of your house anywhere, like from the street, like you cannot see. No, you can area. see it from the street. You can. Yeah. Oh, you have when, to really look. You, okay, not when you drive yeah. up to your house, but when you're going around the. Yeah, the, if yeah, you're okay. Our our house right. is sort of like on a wedge. I'm so just trying to figure can, out how much your neighbors hate you right now. Keep going. <laughs> oh, our neighbors have a great view. Our actual next door neighbors have a good view of it. All right. So they <laughs> might not be thrilled, but no. <laughs> so I got one coat up there now. If, Y'all know black Ooh. paint. You need at least two, probably right. three for it to look good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort mm-hmm. of lost steam because I was painting after <laughs> bedtime. So I'm, I'm hoping to finish this weekend. Um, Do you like so the my, vibe though? Is it feeling good? Oh, I mm-hmm. love the black. Oh, cool. I love the black. I think I'll probably end up using I this paint it. color. The paint color is um, Sherwin-Williams Tricorn Black. And it's a true, true, true black. And... I really like the color. Um, anyway, so I, I've sort of started aspects of my makeover, but mm-hmm. it's it's going to be slow going too because um, my chairs and my pillows are both not going to get here till like mid to late June. So anyways. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see. I can't wait to see it. We'll, we'll see it next fall. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I may or may not share um, photos depending on how it turns out. Oh my God, Hello. do you have a... Well, do you want to hear see. about my? You want to hear about my trials and triumphs? Yes, of we, we do. Do first of all, I have no trials because my life is perfection. Duh. We did know that. We yeah, we expected course. that. No, I do have. Okay, this is sort of a, a blessing in disguise, or I don't, I don't know. So we got a sleep number bed. Do you know about these things? Ah, yeah. And I, of course, wanted every bell and whistle you could possibly get. So there are separate sides. It's like Dick Van Dyke. So Joe and I have basically live in two different countries. So each of us has <laughs> our own bed that uh, just on its own. And then I have, <laughs> it's amazing, a foot warmer that automatically turns <gasps> on itself at 1030 at night. So when I get in bed at 11, it's all warm and toasty on my feet. Y'all, come on. It's amazing. I've told you about my obsession with the heated... Mattress, mattress pad. pad. Yes, because same, I own it too. Same idea. It's amazing. It's same premise. It's amazing. I, I bet yeah. it was a lot less expensive than a sleep <laughs> bed. But anyway. Yeah, it's like $40 uh, on HSN. So yeah, a little bit less expensive. Um, <laughs> but we needed a mattress. We hadn't had one in 15 years. 
And so I have a couple friends who love theirs. So we got this. Okay, but it, it's lovely, y'all. It's good. Okay, there's a couple things about it that I'm not in love with. First of all, it's attached to an app that gives you a grade every morning on how you uh-uh. slept. No, hard no. I don't need to know I got a 67. I don't need to be a failure. No. I only want to win up, <laughs> wake so up a winner mean, every day. It makes, yeah. No one should grade your sleep. No. I assume you can turn it off, right? Well, I don't have to look at it. But who's not going to look at it, right? Oh, how did I sleep? You can't just trust how you feel? No, apparently not. I have to look at that and then know I'm a failure. And the other thing is it, I think it impedes cuddle time. Mm. Because yeah. it's sort of like two territories. I've got my mattress. You have mat- your mattress. Never the twain shall meet. And it's weird. Like you don't really want to put your foot over or anything. I don't, I don't like that part very much. I've been invading my foot space over onto Joe just to be annoying, but it's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, you know what? I okay. I totally read this. This was a long time ago, and I didn't listen because I have a king bed too. But I have read that people who sleep in queen size couples who sleep in queen size beds have better marriages. Sid and Ann Mashburn, and he's like seven feet tall, and mm-hmm. Ann Mashburn maybe like she told us that. Yeah. And they sleep in a queen. And I was like, are his feet hanging over <sighs> on the ground? Maybe. That's that's why my marriage is just so solid, guys. <laughs> <laughs> are you in a queen, Tara? Yes, but that's because we're at El Rancho, really. There's just not enough space for a king to happen. So I don't know that I love a king. I got to tell you, I have I've had one since I've been married, but I don't know that I love it. There are times where I like ours because, yeah, we just switched. When we bought our new house, we got a king. We were in a queen before that. And I actually am – I'm with you. I feel like we are in could be in completely separate beds. There's mm-hmm. some days where I don't even know he's there. Like one <laughs> one in the middle of the night, one day he like went up and, I don't know, was watching television or something. And I woke up and I was like, oh, He's been on the sli- he's been on the couch yeah. for like eight he hours. Left. He moved out three days ago. I I didn't even <laughs> Why don't they make extra long queens so that you're closer together, but they're long enough for tall guys? Is that what California kings like- are? What's a California? Yes. King? No, California king is still longer wider. than a king, but no, but they are they're less they're slimmer. Yeah, I think they're slimmer but longer. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. that's what I need. Anyway, I, I'm now saddled with the yeah, <laughs> sleep late. number bed, which is lovely, you guys. I'm not I'm not knocking it. Actually, it's very comfy and it's lovely to have like it adjusts every 30 minutes to all my pressure points. Come on. Who doesn't love that kind of stuff? Um, okay. So okay, that was my but why, trial. But I feel like if you're already fa- if you're failing your sleep, then isn't that the mattress's fault? Like well, I'm not often failing. All right. Most of the time, okay. I'm a winner. Okay. Let's just make that clear. She I'm is a winner, Caroline. She's a winner. <laughs> fails often in his sleep, but I think he has awful sleep habits. He stays he's up a- till two in the morning and then he's on his iPad till like reading articles and blah, 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 whatever. Put your stuff down and go to bed. It's bedtime, honey. No. That's why you lose, Joe Mooney. Yeah. That's why you lose. So that's why he's a 67 and I'm a 94. <laughs> ha. <laughs> You are crushing sleep. I am. <laughs> so, okay. The, my trial. So, do, wait, do y'all compete in the morning? Like, yes, every morning. He's like, how'd you do? I can't like, be great for your you? marriage either. <laughs> oh, well, you know oh, what he's Lord. winning on? 
breaths per minute and heart rate because I have a high heart rate apparently and he has a very low heart rate and it does it tells you all that in the app wait a second will it go off like the baby monitor if you stop breathing <laughs> maybe I don't know I haven't tried that you want me to hold my breath for a prolonged period of time see what happens that's, that's amazing it does there's everything. a light so was that your trial on the or was that your when trial? you get out of bed oh that was my trial okay my triumph is, I'm just making it quick. I know we've got a million things to talk about that aren't me, but we had this ginormous um, 50% off one clearance item sale at Ballard recently. That was hard to decide. What did oh, you pick? I got a rug. I decided to go for a big ticket oh, item. I got a smart. nine by 12 rug for my upstairs guest room that has had like a hundred dollar outdoor rug in it for five years. So it is, I mean, it looks fine, you know, it's whatever, but it's, it's the Chevron indoor outdoor rug. And so I, I think I got it, you know, at the outlet one time. I don't know. Anyway. No, no. What is it? Sorry. What did I buy? Yeah. That's a great question. I don't know the answer. I'll look it up while we're talking. Um, It's really cute. It's sort of a tribal, it's a all cream background. And then it has just um, sort of some uh, sort of chocolatey brown, maybe gray strokes through it. I'll see if I can figure it out and tell you what it is. But I got it. So the mirror I'm going to have right now is an eight by 10. I upgraded to a nine by 12. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited because I think that it'll kind of add a little level of luxury to that room. And it's, you know, it was like a $1,500, $1,800 rug that I got, I think for $600 or something like that. And I mean, you know, that just doesn't happen. And I know that the quality is lovely. And I, I'm, I was just really excited that I, you are pumped. Hey, I have a quick question and you girls will know this because I know we've been told a million times. If you have a king bed, yes, if you're putting a rug underneath it, it's automatically a nine by 12, correct? Well, there's a couple things you can do. So you can do a smaller rug on each side because rugs are expensive, you know, and you're kind of paying for square footage. Um, so you could do a three by five on each side. So when you get off, your feet are there and it's under your nightstand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of filling that space on either side or you have to do like a ginormous one. Yeah. Okay. I don't love that look though, unless you have a big Something natural tying it fiber together. under it. Like a big sisal and then that on it's top. It's still going to look like a bath mat, even if you have one on each side. Yeah. Mm. But so don't do that. <laughs> well, no, yeah. I, I think that those could look good, especially if you have like the use an antique, you know, oriental rug or something, but then you have a sisal or a natural fiber underneath it. Um, so the, the pattern one is kind of just for, like personality like color or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not but, your rug um, right. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. The other thing that's tricky because I'm kind of dealing with this right now, we want to buy a rug we, or we need to buy a rug for our bedroom is um, a lot of rugs, sort of the most interesting part of the rug, especially if you get a pattern drug, the most interesting part is the center. Like think of an oriental rug. There's always like sort of a medallion in the middle and then a border. And a lot of the times the medallion in the middle is the prettiest part. But if you're shopping for a rug for your bedroom, that'll most likely be covered up by your bed. So right now I'm trying to figure out, all right, how do I, you know, I I think that's just something you sort of have to consider. Right. And think about that. It's easy to forget. Or if you're going to have a big coffee table in a living room that's covering it up, you know, consider what, what, what you'll see. Well, the one I got is just an all over 
Mm-hmm. Sort of tribal. I looked it up. It's called Haywick. H-A-Y-W-I-C-K. Ah, okay. Is that nice. what I got? I like it. Maybe that's what I got. I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's still in the package. I haven't even unrolled it yet. And I'm worried that it doesn't work with my drapery panels. But you know what? Now I have a new journey. <laughs> you <laughs> you started a new, a new journey. I love mm-hmm. it. Something new to work on. <laughs> hey, I respect that. I couldn't decide. I really couldn't um, on the one no, item. I had a, yeah. like, a lot in my cart and I had to whittle it down. Same. Mm-hmm. I was I was very much like, I don't know. I don't know what's best. Do I just like get something on the cheap end? Because I obviously don't need anything at the moment, but I could not decide. Yeah. It was hard. Well, well I need to be Ballard too. God. You could have just ordered it twice. You know what, Caroline? That's cheating. But yes, customers can do that. <laughs> we actually do. We do um, run reports to see. Cheating. How many people do that? Because you, the the the, the <gasps> deal is, oh, it's a sale. You get fifty percent off one item, and so we're, we're always like, well, is everybody going to go back and buy like nine items? You know, <laughs> and well, so we, we do run I, reports to see. Like, I mean, you have to pay for shipping. Really, um, yeah, it could really it's hurt not like, our, our margin. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be but, you know, our shipping like, isn't. You know who's doing it? Taryn. <laughs> yeah, Taryn. She got three throws. Check out, check out again. Check well, out if again. it's a big ticket item, it might actually make sense. But if it's an inexpensive item, you're still going to have to pay shipping because it wasn't 50% off plus free shipping. So then it wouldn't be worth it. You know what I'm saying? It depends. Yes. Yes. I do if like you're the saving deal, yeah. $700 on your rug, Boom. then $20 in shipping probably won't make you sad. But Yes, but you're never going to be able like to ship it. a rug for $20. Just okay. let me say. Fine. You're right. And even the websites that say that you're getting free shipping, they're bearing that cost somewhere, y'all. Just telling you. <laughs> it's true. Anyway. Debbie is there. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Let's should we go to our guests? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the, to the truth. All right. All right. Our guest today is Tara Shaw. She is an antique wholesaler for 20 years. She has her own line of antique reproduction furniture since 2009. She has a celebrated shop in New Orleans. Um, Your design work has been featured in Veranda, Traditional Home, Lux Magazine, Southern Living, House Beautiful, and most notably, and we are just so excited to chat about it. You have a new book with Abrams called Soul of the Home, Designing with Antiques. Thank Welcome. you for having me. I First love up. your home. I mean, your book. I mean, I'm sure your home was in the book. I love that too. But <laughs> your home is in the book. The um, book is beautiful. Oh, gosh. Thank you. It's Amazing. one of those with coffee in the morning by yourself is just so indulgent. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved how it balanced the education mm-hmm. with, but in a very accessible way, explaining all these eras of furniture and, you know, how you recognize them and how they work together. And I, it was really an enjoyable read. Thank you, Karen. I felt a lot smarter smarter after I finished. I felt like it re-energized um, my love of antiques. I've Personally, I'm in a house now where I don't necessarily know that I go to antiques as the go-to style because I'm 
my house is like 1950s and it just doesn't always seem like the right thing. But now I, after seeing all of your beautiful rooms and the way you work them into all different styles of homes, I think that I have the wrong take. I think I need to re fall in love with antiques. So, um, just to start off, I love the introduction where you told a little story about a famous couple who gave you a call and they were your first interior design clients. And I thought it was so interesting the way that you sort of dovetailed that with the fearlessness of your mother and grandmother and how you were very scared to work with this client, but you did it anyway. So if you could kind of just summarize that whole little um, story, I think our listeners would love to hear it. Okay. So, you know, I, I have this saying, it's do it afraid. So you walk through that wall of fear I had been an antique importer for, you know, a number of years and Veranda had asked me to come and look at my warehouse and my home. I was kind of shocked, but I welcomed them and then they said, we'd love to shoot it. It made the cover of Veranda in 2000. I, I received a phone call one Sunday from Harry Connick Jr. and Jill Goodacre and they said, we'd love to come over. We would like for you to do what you do in our home in uh, Connecticut. And I said, oh, you know, I'd be delighted for y'all to come over. And I hung up the phone and I had to lie down on the cold brick fingers. That were my, you know, that were my, that's my floor in my galley kitchen in my second Victorian in New Orleans. And I thought, Oh my, I, you know, <laughs> okay. So they come over and I explain the antique wholesale, you know, selling to the trade and, the, and possibly I didn't have the bandwidth to do that. And, you know, it is so funny because if you have ever met them or, or gotten to know them or watched them on television, the funniest thing is they can convince you to do anything. They could have convinced me to roof their house. <laughs> I mean, I would be, okay, I can do that. Okay, I will. Just so um, it opened the door for me to have paying clients. I feel like I probably designed all my life but for free. Uh -huh. So I was always working on someone's home or I'm redoing my home or whatever. I'm giving advice, but you know, they translated into the first paying clients. And then after that, I worked with Emerald and Alden Legacy on multiple homes. My last home with them was a seven story uh, brownstone near Central Park. And I thought, what a gift from, you know, overcoming the fear. I feel like we all had that in some areas of our life, but um, I've, my, my mother and my grandmother were fearless and I was so afraid. I would never tell them, you know, I'm too afraid to do something. I would just lock it down and just go <laughs> through the wall of fear, you know, whether it was driving the car at seven or, you know, whatever crazy thing they think I should try, I would, I would try it. So that really, that's how design, it just, the door opened and I walked through it. Wow. That's great. It's an amazing story. Very inspirational. That is so crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish that could be my story. 
right? <laughs> but you started out in fashion, right? How did you end up in antiques? So um, I was in the apparel industry. I actually went to school for education. I stood in front of my second grade class. It was student teaching. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have no calling for children. I just, you know how you, you, you know, have that nurturing ability. And I thought, I'm terrified. Uh, I missed it. You know, I went to school at LSU and I thought, oh my gosh, I have missed my calling. And I had a meeting with myself and <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is, this I is love it. So not good. So what are you going to do? And I thought, well, where, where do I spend my money? And I thought, well, I spend all my money on fashion. I mean, it's the new shoe. It's the whatever it's Vogue. It's, I want to look at that, you know? And, um, so I flew to New York and got off at the Port Authority and took the um, bus end to the apparel district and just visited line upon line upon line. And I left New York with multiple lines that I was representing. And then I opened a showroom in Dallas, Texas. And then I opened a second showroom in Dallas, Texas. And then I had reps that worked for me. I did that for about seven years. And um, it was at that point where I was trying to figure out who I was in my home because I could buy one nice piece of furniture a year. And I didn't want to make a mistake. You know, I'm pouring over veranda, architectural digest, world of interiors, the decorator, any magazine or book I could find, I am like reading it like the Bible. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I, I can buy one nice piece a year, but am I? It, at that time, it was really a lot of French provincial, a lot of brown wood. And I thought, I don't know if I'm really that. You know, I would see Italian. I would see Farrah Fawcett's home with the Cy Twombly with an, you know, an Italian chest on stand. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is vast. Am I Swedish? Do I, do I anchor with painted furniture? So I'm just trying to get it right for myself. I'm trying to feel my way to make the right purchase since I could only buy one thing a year. And I fell in love with European antiquity and mid-century. I just, I thought, I'm, I, you know, it's so fascinating because when you read the stories, each one of a kind piece was actually created by an ebonist for a family. Well, what's so an ebonist? That would be the person that would carve the furniture by hand. Okay. Okay. And it wasn't mass produced really until Louis Philippe when we started seeing Louis Philippe chess. Remember those those clean line chests with marble tops. I mean, it's just like the bread and butter of the antique industry if you're trying to buy an affordable chest. So under $2,000, let's say. But so I'm seeing all these unique aspects of these different periods. And I thought, okay, how do I make that work with my love of contemporary art and, you know, clean lines. How do I connect to that one of a kind that I will want to pass along, you know, since I don't have any children, 
to my nieces or nephews, you know, it, it becomes like the legacy. I love that concept of buying one nice piece a year, because I think that, you know, your book is just absolutely gorgeous, but the level of just incredible antiques that you have in your home and and in the client's Mm -hmm. homes that can feel like very overwhelming because you're just like every single thing is just so fabulous. But like you said, you, you've accumulated these things over a lifetime. And so to think, okay, one a year, that feels doable and like, okay, I can splurge this one time Mm -hmm. and then build on that, you know, it feels realistic. Yeah. Right. Doable right, for a right, normal exactly. person. Well, but then you as a collector, you're going over, I would assume a few times a year, filling up containers. I think you said 16, 40 foot containers or something like that. Um, and you have a, you have a, uh, a process or a system for what you keep. You call it the one, right? Tell us about that. How, when you're looking at so many beautiful things, how do you pick what you keep for yourself? Oh, wow. That is the, that is really the hardest. I'm like, because, you know, I'm in the fields. I am in the de- warehouses. I mean, when I'll you say see, in the fields, describe to people what you mean. So like, in, <laughs> in the fields would be, um, I'd be at a debelage, which is a French name for a fair, you know, it, or out there are outdoor events in Italy, Belgium, France, and so Sweden. So you go to these fields that are set up with dealers. Sometimes it's literally people taking things out of their homes that they don't want anymore or selling the things that they have inherited. So you're in these massive fields and, you know, it's rain, snow, shine. But um, you're just going from stall to stall to stall to stall or, you know, not really defined by anything, but by a number written in chalk on the ground. So um, are combing through warehouses looking for unique things. So I found early on, Karen, that I wanted to buy things that I'd never really seen before, which is pretty easy to do when you're working in Europe and you're staying away from, you know, mass produced things, except I do still I buy mid-century just because, number one, incredible value because it was mass-produced, but still it's a good thing to layer in with antiquity so your home does not feel dated or stale. feels current. You know, it's blue chip. It's going to be good forever. And That's it's important. much more affordable, you know, at auction here sometimes or, of course, in the fields over there. But... um so I would see so, uh, a container will hold maybe 200 plus pieces, a 40 foot container. So, oh my gosh, that was the hardest thing. We'd unload the container and think, oh, I, I want to keep this. <laughs> and but I knew the moment I released so it. I would never see it again. Mm-hmm. I was like, and so my heart would be like broken. I'd be like, oh, I hope nobody buys that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then maybe I can keep two pieces. But um, so, I mean, my heart would be broken because I know it is not like going to Walmart. I mean, you don't really go with the list. Of course, I go with things like I know people want sconces and I know 
you know, they want good chess and just, you know, a list of things that are just totally practical Mm -hmm. for a home. But, you know, they're all really, really unique. And that's the hardest part really is waving bye-bye as you know, you'll never see it again. But the great joy, though, this was the flip side of that coin is because I would bring in pieces like that. They would always come back and show up for the next container event, you know, because mm-hmm. they realized I didn't keep the best for myself. You know, I kept one, one thing. <laughs> And then they get to go home with all the rest. So, so you have container events. You'd be like, all right, I'm here. I've got my 16 containers. Everybody come shop. And you just so, offload it into your warehouse. So um, I would initially I would ship one at a time. Then I would ship two, you know, sometimes two at a time. Mm-hmm. But um, so it was so funny at the port of New Orleans. I would ship in my container into an old cotton, you know, warehouse where they used to unload bales of cotton, 26 foot roofs. And so um, no electricity, no bathroom, you know, we would take the Excelsior from the container, the hay from the container and just put it on the floor. And that's what it was. So lovely. I know pigeons in there. And (laughs) and it was hot. Yes, it was hot and cold. So, (laughs) so, um, the bizarre thing was people started sleeping in front of the roll-up door. They would drive in from dealers would come in, you know, from Texas or Atlanta or wherever, and some would fly in and they would come in with um, U-Hauls and things like that. And they would sleep in front of the warehouse door to get first dibs. Wow. That is nuts. You're the original first dibs. (laughs) <laughs> Michael Bruno did tell me that it was hilarious. He said, Tara, I will never forget, you know, you and those stories coming out of New Orleans. And I thought, oh, my gosh, yeah, that really was first dip. <laughs> <laughs> well, from your book, it looks to me like you are the master of understanding how to mix different styles of furniture you know, different years and different vibes and different colors and different finishes. How do you help us know how to do that? How do we not screw that up? Oh, it's hard. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm going to break it down for you. Okay, you're going to, you know, you start in one room. Let's say we're working on your living room. That's your most important room. You know, that's where you spend your most time. I would start with one room. Let's say it's your living room. And you're going to start with an anchor piece. And remember, one of the things you have to do if you're going to have authenticity in your home is you're going to have to really do the research. You're going to have to tap in. And if you're in it, you know, for the long haul, for longevity versus throwaway furniture, five years, you know, you're going to need to. Figure out your furniture style. If you're drawn to Louis Sixteen, you know. How did you figure that out for yourself? Because you spoke to that, but like, what if I love everything? <laughs> well, you know, I was really, Taryn, where I was where y- you were, except I was trying to figure out what I want to live with for the rest of my life. Okay, so Taryn, if you love it all. Mm-hmm. And 
do you want to live with it all for the rest of your life? That's a good call. I don't know. (laughs) I think, you know, I had to do soul searching. I started reading. Mm -hmm. I would connect to things that really were wow moments to me in photography. Okay. Where I would see a piece of art, you know, anchored with this certain style of furniture. I would feel the whole vibe in the house. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be cookie cutter. I wanted okay. to, it to reflect who I was. So I had to really start understanding, you know, the, okay. the periods of furniture. Right. So I found that I was really drawn to clean lines. Okay, that was okay. my that's point. great. So Okay. So it sounds like it, when I'm looking at things I need to take note of uh, maybe even things I remember like mm-hmm. or or that strike me as oh my gosh, I, I I really love that. Why do I love it? Sort of break it down to yourself as you did uh, when you notice a pattern. All right, look, I keep I keep noticing and falling in love with things that are clean lined. So that clearly that means you know, I need to kind of go in this direction and investigate that a little further. Yeah. Right. Okay. You, no, I was going to say, but she didn't finish telling us about her lip. Like if we're doing a room and right. we're starting with our living room, we figure out what we want. And then I figured out I like clean lines. Then what do I do? So let's look at your anchor piece. I think your anchor piece is your jumping off point to a successful room. You've got to get that piece right or it's never really going to flow for you. So let's say you like clean lines. You're going to, it's your living room. You decide you want uh, either a long mid-century, you know, cabinet for your television, if that's the genre you're really drawn to, or let's say you want something for storage because you want your television in there you want your media in there and you want your yoga mat in there like me. So I'm going to go look for clean lines, which is directoire or Louis 16. I'm going to look for possibly a Louis 16 armoire that's going to have the width for me that I can put my 50 inch television in because, you know, we live in modern days modern day and you need all those things mm-hmm. like a 50 inch tv so um yeah, i'm going to find something that will accommodate my needs that i'm really drawn to i'm going to i'm going to say do i like painted wood do am i in love with walnut you know i am i you're going to figure out the the thing you're really drawn to. That's one of the things is each one of us is so unique without listening to that still small voice, you know, internally, then you're not going to follow the right direction. You know it when you love it, right? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think people just second guess themselves too much? And like, is that good? Do you like it? Or, or, I don't know. I'm going well, yes. I feel that, um, you know, so I feel like the technology that's available, the social media that's available, we see so much, we actually have information overload. 
and we're not really taking the time to meditate on really who we are or what our style is. You know, that's why I feel like we see so much repetitive design. I'm like this. Okay. That's so yesterday. I mean, you know, so who are you? So your house should read like your biography, you know, you are drawn to books. I mean, then you should have a map, you know, a library with a beautiful collection of vellum books or a collection of, you know, something that represents you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I was, I was really, really drawn to the way that you style the rooms in your, um, book, because I think that, you know, um, when I first sort of just saw the cover and knew that you were an antiques dealer, I really expected there to be a much more traditional vibe to it, I guess. And in reality, it actually feels very contemporary. And I think Mm -hmm. that part of the reason for that is because, and you mentioned this in the book, is you really, really, really edit your spaces. But I just felt like the way that you style things. For example, there was a gorgeous day bed in this um, one house and it was, you know, a simple white fabric duck or linen or something. And then it had four pillows and the pillows were just solid black. And all together with all of the different pieces, it just felt so clean. And so, you know, I just thought that was a really unusual choice. So I was wondering if you could kind of give us your thoughts on, on styling and, accessorizing when you have these really, you know, strong traditional antique pieces throughout. So that day bed is an 18th century Swedish day bed. And you know what I love about that piece was when I bought it, it was nine feet long. Okay. So what you have to do with antiquity is you have to make it current for your for your use. Mm-hmm. So I knew we couldn't use a nine foot bank banquette or daybed in this room. So first of all, we cut it to a size that would accommodate the husband when he was chilling on the weekend or the children, you know, and so we cut it to the appropriate size for the room. So don't be afraid to modify antiquity. Wow. Okay. And then you know, you know they wanted a calming environment. They're both attorneys. So um, I love texture and I do, I do very little pattern. So this was done. You're absolutely right, Caroline, in like a, a linen, 16 ounce Bel- Belgian linen. But then the pillows are black. They're a 16 ounce Belgian black linen. And the reason I wanted the absolute opposite of the natural is because it made that 18th century daybed current, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, a striking solid black statement. You know, you don't really see that on antiquity. Right. Right. You want it to be, you know, the absolute opposite of the piece itself. I think that's so hard to learn and to, uh, for me personally, to trust my gut with that. So I love 
your book for that example. You know what I mean? Because that's always, you know, it's so contrast that how do I know if I'm doing it correctly and giving justification to the, to the antique. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do often um, pair in, in a similar vein, pair modern art, contemporary art with um, antiques. And I think it's that same juxtaposition you're talking about, sort of the opposites attract. Right. Yeah. But, you know, Taryn, this is the whole thing. There are no rules because you are making your rules and you, it's your nest, you know, it's your home. And that's the most important thing is to really have fun with it and not worry whether you get it right or wrong, especially when you're working with an inexpensive fabric, mm-hmm. you know, because you can really play with it and see if you like it. If not, you sell those pillows at, you know, to one of your friends and you take another turn. Mm-hmm. You know, the fa- the thing mm-hmm. is you have to find your voice. Yeah. That's the hard part, I think. You know, really kind of taking a minute to to think Mm -hmm. about who you are, what you like, what you enjoy, what turns you on, um, and then being like you said, fearless, fearless enough to execute it in your own home. Mm -hmm. It's so rewarding, though. You know, once you feel like you really got it right, you're like this. Oh yeah, and now I'm going to do the bedroom. Uh (laughs) You know, have you noticed over the past several years, people? falling in love again with brown furniture. I feel like it kind of had a a moment of disdain, maybe not for your customers, but, you know, in general, I think people like, well, don't like it anymore. And we see, you know, really coming back around and people kind of falling in love again. Are you seeing that? You know, I really saw that because I'm in the thick of it. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, what is selling to designers you know, I know I'm selling, okay, I'm selling Swedish. I'm selling a ton of Swedish. Why are they not buying, you know, the brown or white? Of course, you have to take a quick shift. But I feel like this is what happens. You know, when we went through recessions and things like that, things get very pared down and minimal. And then furniture gets very inexpensive. So they're buying a lot of manufactured furniture. But then typically when things are going well in our country, you know, the the lifestyle and the visuals we're seeing are richer. So I think when we are riding on a wave of where people are feeling good about things, you know, certain things that were meaningful start coming back. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think my wood paneling will come back? Absolutely. It's too late, Taryn. You already painted it. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I didn't rip it down, though, so. Okay. I'm a big fan of paneling. So <laughs> you see that paneling All right. behind my bathtub. Ooh. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love it. It just says I have depth. I have character. Mm-hmm. I feel That's like very um, true. one of the Victorians that you have in the book, you painted all the woodwork white. Is that right? Yes. Talk about that. Talk about, cause I, I, we get a lot of questions about that. People are afraid to paint wood, you know? Um, 
how did you make that decision? And was it a, what do you think, was it a struggle with the client? No, I, you know, I am my, <laughs> I've also I secretly am. decided that's one of the, Peyton Manning's house. Is it? <laughs> so <laughs> I am, um, you know, I'm my own test kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm the worst. You know, I'm going to test it on me before I ever leap out and do something crazy with a client. So um, I had this like beautiful antique floor in my dining room. And I thought, you know, this thing, and I had this walnut direct wall table with a, like a hides or something under that table. So it's almost like a wood on wood. And I thought, this whole room is heavy. This is heavy. How am I going to fix this? So I decided, I called him my floor guy and I said, hey, we're going to sand this floor and we're going to put porch and deck paint on it in my dining room. And he almost passed out. Mm-hmm. And I said, <laughs> let's roll. And how, we, did you know, how did you know that would work? I now, guess because it works outside. Yes. It, you are it, fearless. It, and I thought, well, you know, if I hate it, then we'll just sand it again mm-hmm. and, you know, make it dark. That's true. Again. Yeah. So I thought this mm-hmm. is, it's feeling heavy to me. It's feeling laden. You know how you'll get in a, too much wood. There's too much wood at one time, you know, during French provincial when that was like the rage, but the problem was they didn't break it up with anything. It was wood upon wood upon wood upon mm-hmm. wood. So yes, I'm in love with wood, but it's got to have the counterbalance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, you know, painted that floor in porch and deck paint. So what, you know, the client saw they're like this. And then I painted the walls and uh, fine paints of Europe in a very, very shiny high gloss. And then I even went crazier and did like silver leaf on the ceiling. Nice. And I thought, this has now become my jewel box. It was literally, <laughs> I had created a jewel box in my dining room. And they walked in and saw that and said, give it to me. Wow. I said, all right, it's I'll coming. do it. <laughs> you know, of course, we didn't do the exact formula or anything like that, but we actually used the custom wall color from my dining room in that whole house downstairs, in the double parlor and wow. entry. I thought it was interesting that same house, the dining room that was, you know, sort of a, a room between the front hall and the kitchen. And um, sort of a pass-through room, I think, as you called it. And to keep it from feeling sort of like an afterthought or as a pass-through, you made it super dramatic by adding murals all around the room. Um, Talk a little bit about that, because it it never would have occurred to me to think, all right, I have, here's how I'll solve this. (laughs) I'll do murals. But it worked. I mean, because you see it from the foyer and you're like, wow, what is that? That is cool. So, you know, I think you just start, you you know, I just try to observe, frankly. I try and hear what the client is saying and observe. Obviously, these people entertain a lot. And that means there's a lot of dining. And um, when you 
it was that room was literally a, a vanilla pass through. And I thought, gosh, man, no drama, no glamour. You know, how are we going to fix this? And I am a huge fan of sepia. I love sepia anything. I love sepia grisaille. And I saw this Zubair print. And, and I thought, you know, that could make that room hold its own. It really did. It made the room hold its own. But the wonderful thing about seeing it from the foyer is it compelled you that Zubair paper or any great paper compelled you to walk into that room. It wasn't a pastor anymore. I mean, people would just walk in and stop. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, when it mm-hmm. comes to drama, how, how um, Caroline, I feel like you keep wanting to ask questions and I won't shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but when it comes no, to drama, I'm how, enjoying how do we, I'm enjoying them. <laughs> how do we, um, how, how do we not be afraid of that? Because I feel like drama means making a statement like, you know, like I like this, it might not be for you. It's something for me. And I really think this is amazing. And that again, gets back to the fearless thing, which I think is kind of scary, but drama is kind of what makes the room, right? You know, without that wallpaper, it was lifeless. Mm -hmm. You have to just, I I think you really have to just observe and say, how does this room make me feel? Mm -hmm. You know, am I excited to come in here? Um, You know, what what do I really love about it? Or when you're looking at things and you're trying to connect to the direction you want to go in or the pieces you want to acquire, you know, that will help you. You're going to connect. Something will make you tick the box. You Mm -hmm. understand there's something that makes you drawn to a photo or a home. You need to really reflect on that and, Mm -hmm. and figure out how you would personally interpret that, you know, without copying it, obviously, but just personally interpret that. And you know what I absolutely love is, you know, we're all so unique. I mean, absolutely one, not anything like the other. Mm -hmm. And our homes should reflect that. But um, I feel we're so busy, maybe that's it. We're so busy. We don't have, we don't take the time to say, hey, who am I? You know, why do I love that? Mm-hmm. What do I think is missing in this mm-hmm. room? What would I really want this room to feel like? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very true. Yeah. I mean, even about fashion. What do you mean, Taryn? Like, you know how there's days you throw on clothes and you don't feel that great about it and you you kind of... You're in a hurry somewhere, for instance. And then you have the days where you've planned your outfit and you feel really good because you feel like you're showing your best side. And that's what we want our homes to be, right? Like we want to have people and we want it to look like us and the true us. But it is true. It's like sometimes we are in a rush and you throw on your uh, leggings. (laughs) 
your yoga mm-hmm. pants. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, you have a quote in your book and you talk about, and I'm going to, I think you're paraphrasing a quote and I'm going to paraphrase your paraphrase, but you basically talk about how architecture is destiny and, um, it kind of leads all of your decisions. And, um, I was wondering if you could sort of explain this concept, uh, to our listeners, because, you know, you do work with antiques, but then if you do look through, if, you know, if anyone looks through your book, they'll see that you are decorating houses of all different shapes and sizes and styles Mm and eras. And, um, so I would love to hear sort of how the home itself really directs the choices that you make. Well, you know, just like you said, Carolyn, about living in a mid-century home, right? You were wondering whether you should add antiquity to it. So I, architecture is the home's destiny. You know, you can't change that. It's Mm -hmm. built. But so I feel like you connect to that. You know, let's use your home for an example. You're going to connect to mid-century in a way because that is the destiny of that home. It's built. It is what it is. But, you know, if your home was completely mid-century, it would, you know, it would have have very little interest, I feel. I feel it's taking the time to buy, a, let's say, a blue chip, you know, um, chaise or, or whatever you're really drawn to, and then working around that with, because remember, mid-century, those clean, clean lines were basically, there's nothing new in the world. They came from, you know, the history of Louis XVI. You understand the straight lines. So all of these forms had a a, a grandfather and a great grandfather. Mm-hmm. So the key would be to connect to those same clean lines, you know, that really marry well with the architecture of your home. Does that help mm-hmm. you? Does that make sense? Yeah, I um and another question related, but we <laughs> we got this question a couple months ago from a listener and she doesn't actually like her home, the style of her home. And she, and I'm going to try to remember, it was many months ago that we answered this question, but she lives in Arizona and it's a very, you know, Arizona track house, Western kind of thing. And she really loves more of like a Tudor antique kind of vibe. And so I was, you know, that that's a really hard thing to do. If you don't love your house, the style of your house, how can you change it and make it more, make it more of what you love, but without mucking it up and making it feel inauthentic, Mm -hmm. I guess. So an Arizona track house, but loves the look of a tutor. I'm just trying to, I played with with pink and green earlier and I have an answer for that. So, um, Oh, good. Okay, great. So, uh, you know, uh, hey, 
she might not be able to move out of that track house, right. but you have to remember you live on the inside of that house. Mm-hmm. So I would surround myself with things that I love waking up to. I mean, if she wants Tudor Gothic, you know, hey, she could have that as her hallway bench, you understand, and then relate it back to other pieces that, you know, we don't want the whole home in that, obviously, but using those pieces as her anchor pieces, that's the way to ground the house. She lives on the inside of the home, and it's extremely important to wake up and be surrounded by what you love. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I think using pictures. that word anchor piece really helps to sort of show that it's not the whole space, but um, it's going to be sort of right. where you, you're, you know, where you're jumping off from. It's not like you have to do a thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the pink and greenhouse. Should we answer that question? Ladies, anyone have anything they need to get in there before we do our decorating dilemma? I had one last question and it's pretty simple. Shoot. Um, Because you, you, um, like you said, you, you do a lot of styles of homes, a lot of styles of furniture, but you particularly like a poster, a metal poster bed. Is that right? Like, tell us why. I, um, you know, I have a furniture line, so we create in the city of New Orleans, I'll never forget, during Hurricane Katrina, I got this call from um, one of the artisans here, and he said, I'm starving to death. What do you have for me? I said, hmm, let me think about that. Okay, let's see. We'll make beds. We're gonna make we're gonna make some beds. We're gonna make some canopy beds. And so we did, and it was good. People wanted them. I mean, we've shipped canopy beds to Dubai that we That's crazy. Made, to a princess in Dubai, to you know, a Bollywood movie star for her Knob Hill home, to the UK, I mean to Paris. Uh, you know, to, you just can't even imagine to normal people, you know, too. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, there is something, cause you know, I sleep in a canopy bed and I've slept in all these different canopy beds that I, you know, designed. And I thought, I feel so safe in these beds. I want to, sometimes I want to put drapery on my beds and then I'm really shutting it in and I'm feeling like I'm really nested and I'm cozy and I'm safe. It's a safe haven for me. Mm -hmm. But um, so I just love canopy beds. So we we fabricate those in the city of New Orleans. They're hand forged. You know, we do Venetian canopy beds, Louis 16 canopy beds, just all these things that just came to mind. And it keeps artisans in the city of New Orleans Mm -hmm. employed. They're working. And so I just like it. I think, you know, there's something about a bedroom. I want my bedroom to feel intimate and safe. And there is just something about that. That, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, you built a teepee, right? Yes. You were in your teepee. So I'm like this. Okay, here's my grown-up teepee. Yeah. 
I those blanket forts, you know? I absolutely love that. Between the sofa and the coffee table, make those forts. I love that. We have one of those pop-up tents that was like a mattress cover. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It like was a mattress, like a, a fitted sheet, but that's the bottom of the tent. And then it popped up. Wow. So you'd put it on a bed. And I remember every, that's like when fun. we would put that on, it was the night of my life. So you're yeah. right, Tara. <laughs> it is true. I remember thinking it was the best. And it wasn't even a can- a beautiful canopy bed. As a child, it was like the best. Now, do you put a canopy on it or is it just a yeah, frame? Is it? No, it's a canopy. Uh-huh. It okay. actually is there like the Venetian bed. The canopy is a crown and it can be gold leaf or silver leaf at the very crown top. But all of it is, you know, it's really what these people want. The one I'm sleeping in right now is a two-tone. I got this idea. I'm like this. Okay, what do I want to do with my bed? Okay, I want to custom color my bed to my wall at the top, and then I want the bottom to be iron. And I thought, I've never seen that before. Let's see how that looks. So I went to my neighbor who um, sprays cars for a living. I said, let's give this a go. And he said, okay, I'm in. And so adorable Jamaican, and that was our first two-tone canopy bed which was my prototype. I'm actually sleeping in it now. But, you know, we we roll that thing. It's hilarious. Because people say, oh, I, what color is that? And I'm like this. So I made it Benjamin Moore 925 at the top because I want it, you know, the color of my walls. So it's just fun. You know, you're supposed to have, you can't take this too seriously. It's supposed to be a fun journey furnishing your home. You are not supposed to do it overnight. You it you are on a journey. It's a quest and really finding out who you are, finding your voice. And uh, you need you've got to, you know, lighten up mm-hmm. and have fun with it. That's great advice. Great advice. ladies, thanks in advance for your help. I'm a self-described grand millennial decorating my new house, and I love traditional style, and Matthew Carter is a big inspiration. In my living room, I have a beige couch and dark wood coffee table on beige carpet. I like color, so I bought the Ballard green linen curtains for my living room windows. The twist is I have a light pink velvet chair for my old apartment opposite the couch. My dilemma is that I can't figure out how to make the bright green and pink make sense in a traditional style in the way that Matthew Carter can. Any advice? A picture is attached for visuals, having a hard time figuring out couch throw pillows in the space, as you'll see below. Holly. Oh my gosh. When I saw that photo, I thought Palm Beach, Lily Pulitzer, pink and green. The only thing she needs is the correct textile. You know, search for an old Lily Pulitzer fabric, you know, or a current, something that that's the, that's the key to, that's the bridge for her pink chairs and the Ballard Green drapery. So she just needs a print that incorporates both of those colors and that's make it exactly right. or some cubes or trim out the drapery with it or really anything. Just, you know, 
Right. In fact, it would really look more bespoke if she did find a trim to, you know, that would that would be in the print that she could trim those draperies with. Yes, that would be great. So I thought, golly, that is, you know, Palm Beach, pink and green. Lily is our answer. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be easy to do. Yeah. I, I, especially if she found, a, like you said, a vintage one. I would, I love that idea. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel very strongly that she needs to remove the drapery panels off of the rod and use a drapery hook with rings. And so it's not the same thing as a clip, which would clip onto the panel, a hook, and you could get them on Amazon. I've ordered some on Amazon before. Um, it has just a pointy edge and you're going to I'd probably, if I if I were you, I would probably iron the very top to make it real crisp again, since you've sort of rumpled it with, by putting it on the rod. But um, you're going to thread that hook along the back, very top of the panel, and then hook it through a ring. And it's going to make your panels look so much more custom. And they're going to, first off, they're going to slide better on your rod. And they'll they'll hang better because they kind of look like a really starched shirt right now. You know? They're too stiff. Um so that's my only I but I love the Lily Pulitzer idea. Everyone should pull their drapery off of a rod if they're hanging their drapery that way. Everybody, pull it off <laughs> and put it on some rings with with the the drapery hooks. Yes. Yeah. They're like 2.99 for a pack. They're not expensive. Right. And you and you can get the rings, just get the you know, it's it's a subjective thing. Your rings don't have to match your rod. It's a little riskier to have your rings not match your rod. You wanna be very intentional about it. Most people match. Um, get the same color as your rod, or you can like if what color is the rod? It looks sort of brass. Black or something. You can always you can always spray paint them if you can't find them to match. Mm-hmm. I've done that before too. Um, but get them to match your rod, hang yeah. that stuff up there. It's easy. And, and I yeah, think like gonna, her sort of second level, her second level. And I love the just, idea of getting a little trim. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say maybe after she gets a fabric that she likes, sort of fill in with some art that maybe has, um, you know, can thread those two colors together more as well. Sort of the same way you would with a, with a, a textile because she doesn't seem to have a ton of art in here, but I like the, I love the, I love the pink chair. It's fun. I like that. She's Mm -hmm. fearless. Yeah. Right. She knows what she likes too, which is important. So that's great. Thank you so much for listening, Holly. We really appreciate it. Tara, could you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your book, buy your book. Um, You can find me. Um, my website is terrashaw.com. The book is Soul of the Home, Designing with Antiques, Abrams Books. And on Instagram, we're Tara Shaw Design. You know, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a blast. Thank you so much, you guys. If you follow any of that, it's a treat for the eyes. Thank you so much for giving us that beautiful yes. book. It was a gorgeous book. Everybody read that book. Yeah, you'll be happy you did. Mm -hmm. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it. And of course, subscribe to the show so it downloads straight to your phone. 
The show notes for each episode are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and follow us on social media. And very exciting news. The How to Decorate podcast is now a skill on your Alexa. That's right. So you can just ask Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast after you go and enable it under the skills on Amazon.com. Yes. Super easy. Super easy. Tell Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast and your life will be so much happier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Happy happy decorating. decorating.